The Ozone. Welcome to The Ozone Podcast, presented by ViStar Credit Union, featuring Jaguar senior writer John Hosier and executive producer Dave DeCandis. This week's guest, I can't tell you how excited I am about it. It's, it's Josh Allen, second-year defensive end for the Jaguars, and really that description doesn't describe him well enough. To me, and I talked about it with him during the podcast, to me, he's the future of the franchise. He's the guy this franchise can depend on going forward and the best draft pick they've had in a long, long time. So without further ado, Josh Allen, one of the most impressive rookies to come into this franchise in a long, 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 long time last year, one of the most impressive young players. And Josh, I'm curious to start off with, as you come into season two, everybody, when you first talk to the media, asks you about leadership. And I, I was fascinated by your answer that you can't force it. But obviously, you know that you're a leader and guys are looking to you. How have you handled it so far? How have those first few weeks gone on that front? Uh, I mean, I feel like the biggest pressure of uh, that being said is not even leading others is how I carry myself, is how I lead myself, is how I, you know, like I said, carry myself in the locker room, out there on the field, in the meetings. Uh, that's because, you know, I'm a guy that, that, that wants yeah lead the way that I feel like the thing should go. I feel like we're in a different time in the Jaguars organization uh, where different guys have to step up and uh, just, 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 you know, doing what I need to do, being on time, being in the right place, practicing hard every play, mm-hmm. running to the ball, doing things like that. Uh, that's stuff that guys see. And uh, that's, that's also just being a leader in that way. And that's the thing that I have to control myself. Here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to ask you about Calais because here's my theory. Everybody assumed that with Calais out of the picture, now you're the leader. And I know you were on his hip a lot last year, but my interpretation of it is that you, even without his influence, you're the kind of guy who's going to take the right professional approach. So that happened before you met him, I guess is, yeah. is my thought when you came in here. What, um, where did that come from? Where do you think you got that before you got to the Jaguars? Because you came in with a maturity and an approach. Yeah, uh, I mean, just going back to college, uh, I just wanted to be a part of a program. Like going to the University of Kentucky uh, was a program that was always slept on as not being a good program, not being a good football school, uh, being as a walkover, like just a walkover game. And just – I was tired of, I was fed up on that. Uh, my teammates and I got together, stuck together. We came up with a plan on how we was going to be successful. Uh, so that really started there, just pushing myself to the breaking limits to push my teammates as much as they could. So when we do start playing, you know, teams that, you know, are considered the best, that we're going to be the better team. We're going to be the better shaped team. And just start being there with guys looking at me as being the top player, as being one of those guys that, like we like we have now that okay he's our leader he's the guy that makes the most plays, well heck I, I got to make the plays you know for guys to follow that and also I got to do things right push myself push my teammates that's the stuff people see and that really started from uh, my senior year as you can tell we went ten to three mm-hmm. uh, we never done that before and um, just being a part of <laughs> just being a part of that is um, really really got me to where I want to be make changes organization man I want to do things that we have never done. I know we had a great season in 2017. We can't go back on that. Uh, but it's just looking forward. And uh, for years to come, just trying to be, build and be better every year. 
I may have to put the dog outside. Sorry about that, yeah, Josh. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, uh, I got kids. Uh, here, well, yeah, I do too. Mine's 24 and he's still is a burden. So um, how much does your family, your upbringing on that front, we haven't talked a whole lot about that since you've gotten here, mm-hmm. but in reading some about you and sort of listening to you, they're a huge influence on you, aren't they? I mean, there are a lot of why you're here yeah. and a lot of your personality, correct? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, family, uh, my immediate, like my brothers and sisters, mom and dad family, or my kids and my wife family. I come from a competitive family. I grew up competitive. I came out the, probably came out my mom trying to be, I was a twin. <laughs> so right. I probably came out trying to be him out, but he kind of won. So that's probably why I'm over competitive <laughs> at some times. Uh, but I just joke on that. Uh, sure. But yeah, growing up, my sisters were all uh, Division One athletes. Uh, the best they were considered. My sister was considered the best player in the state of New Jersey coming out of high school. Right. Uh, being a McDonald's All American. My uncle. My uncle's a Hall of Famer uh, in basketball. So having that competitive sport, having that competitive edge out there, really pushed me to continue to to do that. And I'm to this day, I'm still competing with my family. Uh, my sister is a WNBA champion, uh, mm-hmm. and that's something that she's one up in me right now. So being competitive—is she telling you about it? No, that's I. I <laughs> I'm really self-competitive. I can compete with anybody. Like the other person might not know, but I know in my mind that I'm competing on uh, on trying to beat this person out. Uh, so when my sister got drafted, I told myself I want to be drafted higher than her, and I did. Gotcha. So I thought I was up one, and then. There you come. She's a world champion. So now I have to, you know, be a world champion plus one MVP. So that's definitely my goals and uh, just the one up. And that's just how I am. And that's, you know, I don't force it. It's just, that's just who I am. You know, mm-hmm. if my kids come out like that, I can't blame them, <laughs> you know, but it is what it is. For listeners who aren't around uh, Josh every day, uh one thing that strikes you about being around Josh Allen around the Jaguars is a lot of rookies who come in, it takes a while for them to appreciate where they are and to have sort of a mature perspective with you, Josh, I get the feeling it, there's something a 30, 31 years old about you old soul or whatever it is that you kind of get it. I mean, you're a guy who I see before COVID, you would walk around the building talking to people. You would ask them what their jobs were. Very self-aware for a rookie. Um, I, I'm wondering where that comes from. Have you always been like that? My theory is maybe you weren't a five-star recruit. You had to sort of prove yourself coming up. Did that have anything to do with that? Just always sort of having to prove yourself and work a little harder. I'm a social bug, man. I if. I talk to literally everybody. I like. I feel like I'm best friends with the cafeteria people upstairs. They get me right. Mm-hmm. So you know, I got you know. So I'm like best friends with them. I know everybody's name. Um, so it's just me being me. Uh, just trying to show people that I am just more than just an athlete. Just more than just a football player. I am, you know, a great guy. If you talk to me, I like to have different conversation with people. Like with Alex, you know, Brooks. Uh, I love talking to Alex. I want to know about his family. I want to get personal because I feel like it's more than just work. You know, it's more than just work. I want to 
and tell you, like, know you that I'm a personal guy. Like, I want to know mm-hmm. how his mom's doing, you know, because it's bigger than just what we do. You know, if you ask me about my family, I, I, that's great. I'm grateful. I'm love to talk about my family. And I feel like guys like talking about people like talking about their family and just how their day's going. And that's just the type of person I am. And that's just how I was raised. Uh, just to, you know, never waste the time because you don't know what that person might have. Uh, that what that person might teach you, what that person might give you back. So, you know, it's always, you, you, you never, you just, you know, you never know who you're going to come in contact with. You don't never know what this person's going to be. I story just, you know, sure. real quick. I was at the combine. I ended up sat at a bar, uh, randomly started talking to this person, come to find out randomly, this person is the CEO of Omni Hotels. <laughs> like right. just just having a small conversation, just asking how how the how how your day was been, and it just starts like that, and then come to the end of the conversation, she tells me who she is, and gives me her card, and says, "Call me if you ever need to stay anywhere." And that's something I didn't know who this lady was, but that's just sure. knowing who you talk, just just talking. You know, you never know if that person might have a bad day. Just talking to them can cheer them up. You know, I never tell them who I am, what I do. I just talk to them as I'm a regular person, and if it comes to be who they are, it is what it is. Uh, so that's just how I carry myself. Uh, I try not to carry myself as a bad guy. I talk to everybody, like you say, and I just do what I can. Before we get into the Jags, which I want to talk about for a few minutes, uh, one thing I've read about you, and I wouldn't have known it if I hadn't read it. Um, you, as a child, had a stutter. I had the same thing when I was a kid. I still fight it at times. Um, how did that shape you? And because I've read a little bit that you think that sort of shaped you a little bit coming up. And I'm just curious, you know, again, I would never even know it. So obviously it's in your past. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, growing up, I had a very bad stutter. Uh, so kind of uh, took me a way of learning because I had to get out of some classes to go to my stutter, my tutoring, uh, my sure. stutter counseling. So that kind of held me back a little bit on the on the on the learning process. So it was like I was kind of being held back from that. Uh, so I tried to work my best, tried to work my hardest to stop doing that. So then that just made me just breathe. You know, when I talk, when I feel like I'm getting to that situation, just to breathe, take a step back, and just to think before I speak. And uh, just trying to do that constantly doing high school. I, like I had a stuttering problem during high school. I still stutter here and there, but I. Once I feel like my mind, because my, my mind would just go, just mm-hmm. t- thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. So I just want to see everything all at once. Uh, so just to really breathe, be calm, and just articulate what I want to say. Uh, I didn't start learning. I didn't start to do that until I got to college. Uh, I feel like in high school, I was still trying to get everything sure. out. Until I start to start, so I had to really start writing papers and talking in front of classes and not trying to embarrass myself. I really got back to just breathing, just relaxing, and just you know taking my time when I speak. And I feel like that's something that that helped me out, uh, and that probably could help a lot of people out. But a lot of people have different stories on how they deal with it. Sure, I try not to let that affect uh, the person who I was because I still talk to everybody <laughs> but it kind of made it a little harder around right. my 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 peers because they didn't think they didn't know that I was dealing with that they thought I was dealing with some other stuff so it kind of made me separate myself but I had a big family and I talked to my family a lot which helped me a lot and uh gotcha. I am who I am today from it 
just breathe. I heard it a lot too. I heard it a lot breathe. too. So, so much talk and so much stuff has happened the last uh, few days with Leonard, with, with Unique. I'm curious if you can tell people listening to this what players are thinking about this season right now. There's been a lot of stuff, but my experience is usually guys talk about that, but there's still a focus on the season and – I assume you guys feel like this is all systems go, even with these losses. Uh, I mean, uh, to be honest, we got a we got a job to do. Uh, it's the, the next man's up mentality. It's the NFL. This is stuff that I heard about coming to the NFL. Stuff like this happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, for players such as those two, uh, wishing nothing but the best. Um, you know, I can't speak on their situation. Can't speak on what the front office situation. I sure. can only speak on what I, what, what I have to do and that doesn't affect what I have to do. Uh, and I try to, you know, relay that against the, you know, everybody else. We have a job. Uh, it's the next man's up. So the person behind them has to step up, had to make a play, had to earn a job. Uh, so it just make a lot of people more hungrier and I uh, wish them nothing but the best, like I said. Uh, but, you know, we have a job to do. We have a lot of games that we need to win. But the first game, we have to focus on, which is the coach. And uh, we just have to prepare on that and uh, execute what we need to do. And hopefully everybody comes out healthy, both sides. And uh, But we come out with the win. Two final questions. Uh, tell me about, you, you, as much as you can talk about it, your goals for this season. Uh is this your breakout season, and what does that mean for you when you think about it? Uh, I mean, breakout season, I got to have a breakout season every year. Uh, I have, they, they consider I had a breakout season last year. Um, they, they consider I'm going to have a breakout season this year. It's about what I want to do, what the team goal is. But my, but my goals is team first. Um, individual success comes with having to team success. When a team is going good, like when – like when we have a lead and we get to pin our ears back and sack the quarterback, that's when I have my best games. But when we're not playing together and nobody's really doing anything defensively, offensively, you know, is a lot of minimal plays you can make on that. So being team orientated and just working with the guys you have and just doing your role, uh, that's when people have individual success. And then that's when I can – say, all right, it's time to get this money. It's time to go pin my ears back and go get sacks or get my tactical losses. But I feel like we have a great group of guys this year. Uh, I got to talk to Coach Walsh this morning, and he talked about just the way he can see the defense has changed. You know, a lot of guys say we lost a lot of key players, but we got a lot of players that play with, that play within the system and a lot of guys that he can call different plays because of those guys. Uh, so I'm really excited about what we have going on this year. Um like you said, look outside looking in, they might not think we have the talent. But if you're in our locker room, if you're in our meeting, if you're out there on practice, you see what type of guys and you see what type of schemes we run. And it's going to be really scary for a lot of people, man. And uh, I can't wait to see – can't wait to put those pads on somebody else and just to really show, you know, show show, show what we're talking about, show what we've really been putting this work in for. Final question. I'm fond of saying that you – Along with DJ, maybe Juwan Taylor and some guys, mainly you, I feel like you're the future of this franchise or can be. It, when people say that, is that something you're comfortable with? I guess as a top 10 pick, you knew that was going to come along with it. I mean, I just got to do what I got to do. <laughs> I, you know, a dog, Calais told me this. A dog don't stay a dog. 
And I believe I'm one of the best. And that's how I'm going to carry myself. That's how I'm going to play every play. So that's, you know, if if I got to do what I got to do. Uh, yeah. I got a family to feed by the end of the day. I got I got a reputation I got to uphold. I got a character that I got to maintain. And, you know, my goals, my goal, my, my, my goal of why I play football is to be the best player. Is to wear a gold jacket at the end of my, end of my career. And I don't look for seasonal or yearly stats. I'm looking long-term. My long-term goal is to, to be a Hall of Famer. And I look at those guys, the guys that are Hall of Famers, and see how they carry themselves. And talk to those guys, talking to Bruce Smith at the Pro Bowl, learn so much about him. Learn so much about why he played the game and how he played the game. And that only fueled me to, you know, to, to, to stick on to what I'm doing this year. And uh, I'm really excited about what we have going on, man. Uh, great, we have great players. You know, guys, people, whoever sees this, they might not think we have, but we have a lot of great players on this defense, man. And we trying to come out season for everybody, not just for myself. So, Smoot. Let's talk about Smoot. I'm looking <laughs> for him to have a huge year. Uh, a lot of people might not know. Smoot is a dog, man, and he's going to continue to be a dog. And I can't wait to see him have success this year. Taven Bryan, Avery Jones, Tim, Timmy Jernigan. Uh, the list goes on of guys that I can just name that's I feel like that can have a breakout season. But we play within our means and, you know, a lot of times we might not make the play, but we can factor to our teammates making that play. And that's the mindset we all have this year. And I'm really excited. I'm really excited what we got going on. Josh, you're a professional beyond your years. I think fans are listening to this today can hear that. I appreciate it. Get back to work, and I look forward to working with you for a long time. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you later, John. All right. I want to thank Josh for joining us. And, uh, Dave, I said at the top that I was excited about this one, and it's hard not to be excited about talking to Josh Allen. Watching him play is great. But as I mentioned to him in the podcast, I could have gone on with that one forever because he's so interesting to talk to. But – as I've covered this league for a while, I guess I've developed more an appreciation for mature professional players. And there's something about this guy from the day he walked in the door. There's a maturity and a professionalism and a class that usually when you've got that and you've got talent, it's hard to miss. He's the whole package. And I just think he's going to have an unbelievable career, but, I know you deal with players as well. You dealt with a lot more of them last year than we are this year because of COVID. But I imagine your impressions are the same, that this kid is a grade-A personality, a grade-A worker. And, uh, again, to me, he's the future of the franchise. John, let me ask you a question. How many second-year guys going into their second year have known your name? Yeah, that's rare. I'll say this. Uh, Minshew, who I also consider very self-aware or very aware, he knew it early last year, and that was another thing with with him that I said, okay, this cat's a little different. But to your point, it's really rare. There are a few guys, Aaron Colvin, uh, I would talk to early, um, mainly because his dad was a reader and talked to him about the stuff I wrote a lot, so he knew me. But your point is exactly right. Josh knows everybody in the building. I remember instances last year – We'd be sitting up at lunch, and it would be a couple yeah. of us who work in the broadcast department or someone from PR, and he would come over and sit down and be like, hey, how's, he'd 
he knows my name. He'd be like, Hey, how's your kids? Yeah. You know, you can't fake that. And you know, for people who are listening to this and saying, well, I don't care about a guy being a good guy. And I guess what I would say, and the reason we're talking about it on the podcast, it's important from a football standpoint too, because there's something about that maturity and awareness that plays into what I call getting it. And most great players on some level get it. He, just like him talking about talking to Bruce Smith at the Pro Bowl, he's not going to waste any time. He knows it's a short career. All that stuff plays into it. It will help him on the field. I've been, I've been back here since 2011. I have more confidence that Josh Allen is going to be a great pride of the Jaguar level player than any player who has been drafted here. And that includes Jalen because Jalen had the unbelievable talent. But if I walked up to Jalen Ramsey right now, I'm not sure he'd know my name. And I think most people in the Jaguars probably feel that way. That's not a knock on Jalen. It's how most rookies are. And it's how most, it's how a lot of players are. There's something about having that total package. I just, I would be stunned if Josh Allen, if Josh Allen falls off the table, if he's not a great player. And again, he's the top 10 pick that this franchise has been trying to get right for a long, long time. And it, I get that they should have gotten a lot more right, but they've got it right with him. And Dave, one thing I want to say that it's hard to ask a player his age about it because he doesn't want to criticize what's gone on in the past. But to me, Josh serves as the breakaway point from some of the issues that they've had in the locker room over the past few years. I see Josh as a player who will be a, a builder, a bringing together of players. He's going to go to DJ Chark and Jawan Taylor and say, hey, we got to talk to our guys. This isn't going right. This is, you know, he's going to be a leader. And he's going to say team first in an interview, and he's going to mean it, and he's going to walk away. And if he sees somebody criticizing a coach or all this, or, or all this stuff when you're just talking about your boss, as we all do, you know, we all talk about PCAB, and we know what that is. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's uh, they're not going to let anything in the locker room get out of hand. And, again, to me, he is the hope. Somehow they got fortunate and he fell to him. And it, it was a gift from the football gods. And uh, in terms of the interview itself, I was, I was wondering if anything stood out to you, Dave. Um, it was very interesting to me. I've always been fascinated by his upbringing. We didn't really get into it, but this is a kid who went to Alabama, came back to New Jersey, was not very highly recruited was not really considered a can't-miss player until his final year at Kentucky. This is a guy who had to work for it for a long, long time. And looking at him now, I can't imagine he wasn't blue-chipped from the time he was 11. But this is sort of a, a guy who has worked to be here more than his physical gifts have gotten him here. Yeah, you know, I thought that was super interesting. And his, sis his sister being a WNBA player. Um, the one thing I kind of want to kind of go back and talk about is is, you know, when we're talking about, you know, the maturity and stuff and players knowing people's names and know how the building works, like 
we're not saying all players are jerks. I think what we're saying, it's just surprising how early Josh Allen, like, got comfortable here. And usually rookies are still in their first year by the end of the year. They're trying to still find where the bathroom is, where their meeting room is. They're still trying to right. figure out, like, oh, on this day I do this, on this day I do that. Where Josh seemed like he had that under wraps by, by the, before training camp was over. We've talked about it before, Dave, but I, I, uh, if you read my stories on jaguars.com, and I'm sure there's somebody out there who does, I'll write about rookies, but I usually write about rookies once a year or so during their rookie year, and I'm talking to, to the rookie about him. Because that's usually all rookies know. They don't know about the scheme. They don't know. Very rarely do you see a rookie become a guy that's in all the beat writers' stories, that's talking about the direction of the team, because they're not ready for that yet. They don't have anything to say about it. They don't have any perspective. Josh, by midseason last year, was a guy that you could talk to about what do you need to do defensively? What does this team need to do? Um, what's the key against the Ravens or whoever they were playing? The you know, team doesn't matter. Well, that shows you that he's not vain about it. He's not arrogant. But he was comfortable in his own skin enough to begin speaking for the team. And the only other, the only other young player I've ever been around who's done that, who wasn't a quarterback who has to, was Bob Sanders in Indianapolis. Uh, safety played for him, got hurt. His career was cut short. But by, his, by the end of his rookie year, Bob was talking for the team because the team knew it's okay for this guy to talk. He's special. Last year, the team knew it's okay for Josh to talk. He's special. Bob Sanders, the defensive player of the year in 2007. If Josh is that type, which I think he is, then you're talking about Hall of Fame level player. And I, if Josh stays healthy, plays 10, 12 years, that's the kind of player he is. He, he's a franchise cornerstone, foundation piece, on the cover of Madden guy. He's Von Miller on defense. He's the kind of guy you can build a franchise around. And uh, you know, maybe I'm being over, overzealous because there hasn't been a whole lot to be zealous about around here for a while. But to me, that's why he's so exciting because you don't see very much. It's not the whole package with him. And, uh, you know, that's – that hasn't happened enough, but you get the feeling that this may be the jumping off point, that this may be what turns it around. Yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely going in the season. I know nationally there may not be a lot to be excited about, but he's a guy that I'm excited to see what's the next step for him. You know, where, where does the production go from, from his rookie year? And, you know, and also now he's the guy. So, you know, mm-hmm. offenses will be scheming for him. I think, um, you know, it's just exciting. He's just, he's just a good guy. He's a good guy to be around. And, you know, definitely a guy who's easy to root for. He may not match the numbers this year, frankly, because I don't know that there's going to be the pass rush if this team trails a lot, which is perhaps possible. He may not be in passing situations enough to do that. But you're going to see disruption. Uh, you're going to see a big-time player – and as you said, certainly at the start of the season, that's who teams are going to double team because he is he is absolutely the man and every other team knows it. Speaking of being absolutely the man, that's my segue today, I want to thank Dave DeCandis. I want to thank Joe Fortunato. 
for always making this production sound better than it is. And I want to thank Josh Allen because, frankly, he came in during a time of the week where he was a little busy, gave a lot of time, and, and listened to the questions and really tried to uh, make that interview interesting. So uh, it always helps when that's the case. I appreciate him. This one certainly didn't suck. We'll try to match it next week. And thank you for listening.